0: Friday, this is Melinda Butler. I am coming to you on the Family Strong podcast and I am excited to talk to you this morning. I wanted to call this topic, if you can't run with the big dogs, stay on the porch, but I have not decided yet what I'll call the topic. Might let y'all decide what to name this one. It's It's a very difficult one for me, but one that is absolutely necessary to talk about especially in this season of my life where I am um, uh, running with the big dogs. Uh, I have put my name in the hat, as you all know, to be the candidate uh, to serve you in the House of Representatives in the state of South Carolina. And one of the main political issues, and uh, I'm sad that it's become a political issue. Hey, Molly, thank you for joining. Uh, Heather. Thank you for your support, Christy. Thank you for your support. It's been a rough topic for me to uh, try to put together for you, but here we are. The, uh, the, the issue that we're struggling with right now that's become uh, even more hot button issue right now during this season and which has always uh, been a, an issue, a very touchy issue for, for very good reasons is abortion. Just to say the word causes me to have to swallow hard. So let's do it. Let's do it. So so let's talk about um, I am Melinda Butler, and I have had abortions there. I've confessed that part. Now let me give you some history there and why I'm even telling you that. Because here I am in the middle of this campaign, and, of course, the um, abortion uh, it, has become a political issue for whatever reason. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth, and 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 y'all's too. That it that it has become a political issue because it's not a political issue. It is. Uh, it's not a Democratic issue. It's not a Republican issue. It is. It is an issue. It is absolutely an issue that we have to deal with. But it's such a it's such a heavy topic, and it's such a judgmental topic, and it's such a shameful topic topic for women, and. I don't want to differentiate uh, between my male counterparts. However, it is something that they will never be able to experience. And it is something different. And that's why women loudly proclaim, get out of my life. You cannot make my choice for me. This is my choice. This is my life and I will make that choice myself, and you will not have anything to do with my choice, and that's why they get so angry, and that's why this issue is so divisive, because those on the other side, they feel like, the, the women feel like you're judging them, they feel like you're looking down at them, and they're just lashing back at you, and I don't know that you're judging them from the other side, I'm certainly not judging them, and I, but that's how it comes across as being so judgmental, so so hypocritical in some ways. And so it's hard for me. I spoke at a forum last night in Lawrence. Thank you to the Lawrence Liberty Society for having me last night. It was a, a, a good opportunity for me to kind of get my thoughts together. But as I spoke and I, and I, and I proclaimed uh, my abortion stance, I felt so hypocritical to say that I am pro-life, yet I have had abortions. And, and that's a plural word that I'm speaking to you there. I have, I have had abortions. I have lived life. And the shame that came from that, the weight that came from that, I am 45 years old, y'all. And just last year, I shared that with my son, Jacob, and just two weeks ago, I shared it for the first time ever with my son, Blake. It's just something that we keep inside. We can't talk to anybody about it. We can't talk to our own mamas about it most of the time. We can't talk to our best friends about it sometimes. It's just such a topic that's so shameful. It's so hurtful, and it's so deep, and that's why women feel like You can't tell them what to do. Not another woman, not another man, not a court, not a judge, not a law, not anybody. But there's a reason I have come to understand, and I can't put it all together yet. I I can just tell you from my experience where I come from with it and how it's affected me. So between the ages of 17 and 19, you all know I got pregnant with my first child at the age of 16. And I gave birth to him the month after I turned seventeen. He's now twenty-eight years old, Blake, and he is the COO of my company. And he is awesome. I, he is, uh, he runs the business. He, he's he's genius-minded. He he tells me where I'm going every day. He keeps me in line. I don't know what I'd do without him. And and uh, but I was seventeen, and and. I had the child uh, thinking, I mean, I've already helped raise my sisters. I had started out, you know, my mama was a single parent. She had had me at age 17, and then she had my my other sister two years later and my other sister two years later and my other sister two years later, and she was a single parent, and I thought, well, she did it, and I can do it. And so I had Blake at that, that tender age of 17 years old, not married, and I had a wonderful, Blake had a wonderful father. Jason was a wonderful father to Blake helped me in every way, but I was young, and I was selfish. I wanted to go out. I wanted to party. I had not lived any life, and before that, I had not been independent and free enough to live any life. I was just 16. I didn't, you know, barely drove, and didn't have any money to do anything. And and so after I had Blake, I gained a little bit of freedom that I'd never had. And I, I started utilizing that freedom. And from the age of 17 to 19, I l- utilized that freedom in a lot of ways, a lot, a lot, a lot of detrimental ways that still have lasting consequences to this day. So from 17 to 19 years old, um, I was I was living a life uh, of uh, just you know every day was just a party. I don't remember many of those times, and so uh, in, in in looking back though, um, I I was saved. That's that's where the that's where the the rubber meets the road. I know you hear that all the time, but I'm just I'm here to just lay it out to you. Uh, I was saved. I was baptized in, uh, on Easter Sunday of the year 2000. And uh, at Fairview Baptist Church here on Neil Shallows Road in Union, Preacher Guy Langston, uh, Miss Ann, she, she's my Facebook fan and uh, she's she's Preacher Guy's wife. And so um, I was baptized along with my little baby sister, Lacey. We were both baptized at the same time that morning. And uh and after that, I mean I was I was walking the walk, y'all. I was I was talking the talk and I was walking the walk. I was living it out. I was I was teaching Sunday school and I was you know helping with the nursery and I was singing in the choir and I was just doing all these things for Jesus. I was just head over heels. I mean, I was I was in love with my Jesus. He had saved this wretch like me from all that I'd done this past couple of years, and I was just so thankful. And but I always had you know Jason was my person. Jason was always my person since I was 13 years old and I met Jason and Sims, and I was in seventh grade and he was in eighth grade and he passed me a note up the up the aisle and he says, uh, "Do you want me to give you a ride home after school?" Jason he drove to Sims unlike many of us. Uh, um, he had been in, uh, he, had, he had been held back a grade or two, and uh, and so I, I circled. He said, "Circle yes or no," and I circled yes, and I passed it back down the aisle, and, and he gave me a ride home that afternoon. And Jason and I became a thing real quick. Um, you know, I was raised pr- without my father pretty much. He was in, he was in and out of prison. And so Jason just, you know, he just took me under his wing and, and, uh, we started, we started dating and we dated all the way through. And I mean, we, we hung out, we watched movies, we went fishing, we went bowling, like we just did all kinds of fun stuff together. And, and, uh, and he was my person forever and ever, um, even as I went through this stage in my 17 to 19 years old, uh, that I did, Jason, he was always there. Even though it hurt him so bad, some of the things, that, the decisions that I made, he was always there. He was always my rock. He was always there, um, waiting for me to come back. And so, anyway, when I in that April of 2000, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I started walking that walk. And loving every minute of it. Well, Jason and he—he was—he was still pursuing me some, and uh, and I was pushing him away because you know in my mind I am not supposed to be in a relationship outside of marriage. That's what that's what the church teaches, and and that's what I, I still believe. I, I can't judge on that, and uh, that's the way that uh, that God's created us for relationship. We have to be very, very, very careful because our hearts get involved, and so. I look back and when I was going through that season and I started dating, you know, I would I would date Jason and I got pregnant in 2001. So I'd been saved and baptized in April 2000. I'd had abortions before I was saved and baptized. And then in 2001, I was pregnant again. I was singing in the choir. I was teaching Sunday school. I was helping with the nursery and I was pregnant and I wasn't married and you just don't even know, you just can't even imagine the, the shame that came from that and how I felt. I just can't even show my face. Here I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being very hypocritical. I'm in this relationship with Jason. I'm pregnant and I'm, I'm singing in the choir and I'm teaching Sunday school. I don't know if you could all relate to that or not, but I was, I was, a, I was in a very bad position. And prior It would have been real easy for me to choose that other route. I had just chose it, you know, during those years. But this was different now. Something had changed, and I couldn't choose that route any longer. So when I got pregnant with Molly Nicole, who is watching here today, and me and her have had this conversation. she know, we've we've had the conversation. She knows where I come from. We've struggled with her life. You know, Molly's pregnant with her third child now. She's fixing to have her, her third baby in just a few weeks, and she's just 20. And so, uh, so, so Molly and I have had the conversation many times, and, and she's watching here right now, but when I got pregnant with Molly, it was a struggle. It was never a struggle, though. I'll be very, very, very blunt with you that it was never a struggle as to whether I would choose abortion or life because I truly knew at that time that there was no way God gives life he's the giver of life and my choice would not be abortion because that's where i was at that point in my life and so my struggle was do i keep this baby i'm still a single parent of two children now i'd had i'd had blake and then i'd had jacob Um, after those teenage years and now I'm pregnant with Molly, my third child and I'm still not um, I'm still not a a, a married I'm still a single mama and at this time when I got pregnant with Molly I'd actually started school so I was at USC Union, you see these diplomas behind me and that was the best thing I'd ever had going for me in my life was that I was in school and not only was I in school like in college, I was knocking it out of the park y'all, I was uh, I was all A's. I was, ev- I was all into it. I was soaking it all in. I was loving every bit of it. And I was on a path. I was going to law school and I knew it from the minute that I walked into that, uh, advisor's office at USC union. And I told her, Miss Denman, I said, I am going to law school. I said, put me on the track, what classes I need to take to get there. I'm sure she hears that often. People come in right out the gate and, and say they're going to law school and, and how many don't fall through with it, but I was following through with it. I knew it. I was getting my daddy out. I was going to do everything that I possibly could to make that happen. And so, um, so when I went through those steps of uh, doing all that and I was killing it, you know, I was doing it all. I was living my life. I had uh, Blake under control. I had Jacob in daycare. I mean, I finally had some sort of balance in my life. So to get pregnant with this third child, I mean, it threw me for a loop. You just can't even imagine. And so, but my dilemma, thankfully, was not between uh, abortion and, 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 and having the baby at that time. My dilemma at that time was between adoption and keeping the baby. That was my dilemma. So, I seriously considered adoption. I went to the local pregnancy center here in Union at that time. Uh, Many times I went and I talked to that lady about adoption. And, And Jason, he just kept on telling me, he says, you are not giving our baby up. You are not giving. And he was still angry with me for, you know, decisions that I'd made between the 17 and 19 years old. And you are not giving that baby up for adoption. And I said, well, Jason, if i'm not giving the baby up for adoption you're going to help me with this baby because jason he had helped me with with blake all the way but when jacob came along jason was working second shift and i mean i was really uh, with jacob you know doing 24 7 with jacob only me and so uh so anyway uh, I, you know i i I struggled with it the whole time and it wasn't a struggle though hear me very clearly it was never a struggle at this time between abortion and life it was a struggle between adoption and keeping the baby and so um, at Jason's insistence and at my not being able to come to terms with uh, putting the baby up for adoption I kept the baby that's Molly Nicole she's been such a delight all my babies have been such a delight my Jacob He's such a delight. I love him so much. I don't know where I'd be without him or with any of them. And so when abortion becomes a political issue, when abortion becomes like a hate topic, it hurts my heart. And so for me to get in the middle of this uh, this, this, campaign that I'm in where abortion is a political issue, and as I said in the in the very beginning, you know, if you can't run with the big dog, stay on the porch. Then I gotta, I'm running, I'm here, and so I gotta put my word out there. But I can't put it out there in just one term that I am pro life. I, I can't put it out there and just say that that's who I am because that that does not describe me. That does not put out there the real story behind where I come from. And we all got our stories and we all got our struggle and we all got our reasons for believing the way that we do. And we feel very strongly about it. And with what's going on in the media right now and where where it's coming down that, you know, Roe versus Wade could potentially be overturned. I don't know if it's the right thing or not, y'all. What I know is that abortion is now an epidemic. It is. It's just like fentanyl. It's an epidemic. It has taken our young people's soul. It has taken our babies. It has taken our, our children away from us. Fentanyl and abortion, both of them. And so uh, that, that's where we are with it. It is a problem that has to be addressed. What's the best way to address it? Out of love. That's what I know. You come from a heart of love with it, and then you figure out what's the best way going forward for our community, for our state, and for our nation. But we can't do it out of hate. We can't do it out of a one-term, you know, raise your hand and check this box. This is who I am. we got to do it out of a heart of love. So... Thank you for hearing from me today. I'm very glad that uh, that you all tune in and listen to me. And I know I didn't give you any law today on DSS and parents and grandparents, but I hope I gave you something to, to live with and work with and, and figure out for yourselves because I know I'm not in that boat alone. I know there was many of us that were making decisions back then. Um, it was just, it was, it was there. It was legal, you know, which in my mind, it's legal. Um, but I was taught right from wrong, same as y'all were. We were all taught right from wrong. We were raised right. We were taught that you don't steal and you don't lie, and uh, and and you 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 treat your neighbor as you want to be treated. So uh, until next time, y'all. I don't know when that next time will be, I, it, it, but I will I will be back with you and and uh, talk to you then. Have a good day. Friday, this is my all-